This is section 46 of More Newspaper Articles by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Californian, December 3, 1864. Lucretia Smith's Soldier. Read by John Greenman. Note from the author. Mr. Editor. I am an ardent admirer of those nice, sickly war stories in Harper's Weekly, and for the last three months I have been at work upon one of that character, which I now forward to you for publication. It can be relied upon as true in every particular, inasmuch as the facts it contains were compiled from the official records in the War Department at Washington the credit of this part of the labor is due to the hon t g phelps who has so long and ably represented this state in congress it is but just also that i should make honorable mention of the obliging publishing firms roman and company and bankrupt and company of this city who loaned me jomini's art of war the message of the president and accompanying documents and sundry maps and military works so necessary for reference in building a novel like this to the accommodating directors of the overland telegraph company i take pleasure in returning my thanks for tendering me the use of their wires at the customary rates the inspiration which enabled me in this production to soar so happily into the realms of sentiment and soft emotion was obtained from the excellent beer manufactured at the new york brewery in sutter street between montgomery and kearney and finally to all those kind friends who have by good deeds or encouraging words assisted me in my labors upon this story of lucretia smith's soldier during the past three months and whose names are too numerous for special mention i take this method of tendering my sincerest gratitude m t chapter one on a balmy may morning in eighteen sixty one the little village of blue mass in massachusetts lay wrapped in the splendor of the newly risen sun reginald de whittaker confidential and only clerk in the house of bushrod and ferguson general drygoods and grocery dealers and keepers of the post office rose from his bunk under the counter and shook himself after yawning and stretching comfortably he sprinkled the floor and proceeded to sweep it he had only half finished his task however when he sat down on a keg of nails and fell into a reverie this is my last day in this shanty said he how it will surprise lucretia when she hears i am going for a soldier how proud she will be the little darling he pictured himself in all manner of warlike situations the hero of a thousand extraordinary adventures the man of rising fame the pet of fortune at last and beheld himself finally returning to his own home a bronzed and scarred brigadier-general 
to cast his honors and his matured and perfect love at the feet of his lucretia borgia smith at this point a thrill of joy and pride suffused his system but he looked down and saw his broom and blushed he came toppling down from the clouds he had been soaring among and was an obscure clerk again on a salary of two dollars and a half a week chapter two at eight o'clock that evening with a heart palpitating with the proud news he had brought for his beloved reginald sat in mr smith's parlor awaiting lucretia's appearance the moment she entered he sprang to meet her his face lighted by the torch of love that was blazing in his head somewhere and shining through and ejaculated mine own as he opened his arms to receive her sir said she and drew herself up like an offended queen poor reginald was stricken dumb with astonishment this chilling demeanor this angry rebuff where he had expected the old tender welcome banished the gladness from his heart as the cheerless brightness is swept from the landscape when a dark cloud drifts athwart the face of the sun he stood bewildered a moment with a sense of goneness on him like one who finds himself suddenly overboard upon a midnight sea and beholds the ship pass into shrouding gloom while the dreadful conviction falls upon his soul that he has not been missed he tried to speak but his pallid lips refused their office at last he murmured oh lucretia what have i done what is the matter why this cruel coldness don't you love your reginald any more her lips curled in bitter scorn and she replied in mocking tones don't i love my reginald any more no i don't love my reginald any more go back to your pitiful junk shop and grab your pitiful yardstick and stuff cotton in your ears so that you can't hear your country shout to you to fall in and shoulder arms go and then unheeding the new light that bashed from his eyes she fled from the room and slammed the door behind her only a moment more only a moment more he thought and he could have told her how he had already answered the summons and signed his name to the muster-roll and all would have been well his lost pride would have come back to his arms with words of praise and thanksgiving upon her lips he made a step forward once to recall her but he remembered that he was no longer an effeminate dry-goods student and his warrior soul scorned to sue for quarter he strode from the place with martial firmness and never looked behind him when lucretia awoke next morning the faint music of fife and the roll of a distant drum came floating upon the soft spring breeze and as she listened the sounds grew more subdued and finally passed out of hearing she lay absorbed in thought for many minutes and then she sighed and said oh if you were only with that band of fellows how i could love him 
in the course of the day a neighbor dropped in and when the conversation turned upon the soldiers the visitor said reginald de whittaker looked rather downhearted and didn't shout when he marched along with the other boys this morning i expect it's owing to you miss lou though when i met him coming here yesterday evening to tell you he'd enlisted he thought you'd like it and be proud of mercy what in the nation's the matter with the girl nothing only a sudden misery had fallen like a blight upon her heart and a deadly pallor telegraphed it to her countenance she rose up without a word and walked with a firm step out of the room but once within the sacred seclusion of her own chamber her strong will gave way and she burst into a flood of passionate tears bitterly she upbraided herself for her foolish haste of the night before and her harsh treatment of her lover at the very moment that he had come to anticipate the proudest wish of her heart and to tell her that he had enrolled himself under the battle-flag and was going forth to fight as her soldier alas other maidens would have soldiers in those glorious fields and be entitled to the sweet pain of feeling a tender solicitude for them but she would be unrepresented no soldier in all the vast armies would breathe her name as he breasted the crimson tide of war she wept again or rather she went on weeping where she left off a moment before in her bitterness of spirit she almost cursed the precipitancy that had brought all this sorrow upon her young life drat it the words were in her bosom but she locked them there and closed her lips against their utterance for weeks she nursed her grief in silence while the roses faded from her cheeks and through it all she clung to the hope that some day the old love would bloom again in reginald's heart and he would write to her but the long summer days dragged wearily long and still no letter came the newspapers teemed with stories of battle and carnage and eagerly she read them but always with the same result the tears welled up and blurred the closing lines the name she sought was looked for in vain and the dull aching returned to her sinking heart letters to the other girls sometimes contained brief mention of him and presented always the same picture of him a morose unsmiling desperate man always in the thickest of the fight begrimed with powder and moving calm and unscathed through tempests of shot and shell as if he bore a charmed life but at last in a long list of maimed and killed poor lucretia read these terrible words and fell fainting to the floor r d whittaker private soldier desperately wounded chapter four on a couch in one of the wards of a hospital at washington lay a wounded soldier his head was so profusely bandaged that his features were not visible but there was no mistaking the happy face of the young girl who sat beside him it was lucretia borgia smith's she had hunted him out several weeks before and since that time she had patiently watched by him and nursed him coming in the morning as soon as the surgeon had finished dressing his wounds and never leaving him until relieved at nightfall a ball had shattered his lower jaw and he could not utter a syllable through all her weary vigils 
she had never once been blessed with a grateful word from his dear lips yet she stood to her post bravely and without a murmur feeling that when he did get well again she would hear that which would more than reward her for all her devotion at the hour we have chosen for the opening of this chapter lucretia was in a tumult of happy excitement for the surgeon had told her that at last her whitaker had recovered sufficiently to admit of the removal of the bandages from his head and she was now waiting with feverish impatience for the doctor to come and disclose the loved features to her view at last he came and lucretia with beaming eyes and fluttering heart bent over the couch with anxious expectancy one bandage was removed then another and another and lo the poor wounded face was revealed to the light of day oh my own dar what have we here what is the matter alas it was the face of a stranger poor lucretia with one hand covering her upturned eyes she staggered back with a moan of anguish then a spasm of fury distorted her countenance as she brought her fist down with a crash that made the medicine bottles on the table dance again and exclaimed oh confound my cats if i haven't gone and fooled away three mortal weeks here snuffing and slobbering over the wrong soldier it was a sad sad truth the wretched but innocent and unwitting impostor was r d or richard dilworthy whitaker of wisconsin the soldier of dear little eugenie le mulligan of that state and utterly unknown to our unhappy lucretia b smith such is life and the trail of the serpent is over us all let us draw the curtain over this melancholy history for melancholy it must still remain during a season at least for the real reginald de whittaker has not turned up yet end of the californian december third eighteen sixty four read by john greenman